So where do you want to start? Oh, man. Do you want to start with the good question. one or the bad one? Because I I, <laughs> and I, I use that term loosely because you know that I like both of these films, but mm-hmm. do you want to start with the one that everybody absolutely loved or the one that only people <laughs> like me did? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Should we start with the one that released first? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, for Ragnarok. Okay. That's a fucking movie. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, my God. I, I know, uh, and we're, we're long removed from the hype of it and everything, so we can look at it slightly more objectively now. I still do firmly believe, and I've had terrible opinions on favorite Marvel movies before. At one point, it was Age of Ultron, so you know where you are with me. <laughs> um, I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I think this might be my favorite Marvel movie now. I think it's up there for me too. I just and and it's probably because I couldn't be any more firmly on Taika Waititi's dick. Um, <laughs> yeah. But honestly, just the humor, the fact that they weren't afraid to go a different direction with four, the fact that they made it so that he was completely conscious of Loki's deceptive ways and wasn't just mm-hmm. fooled again for the third fucking time in a row. Yeah, he he has learned that he can't trust Loki. Yeah. He will he will he he kind of states it later in the movie that he um he 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 will uh he'll work with Loki and he'll try to trust Loki because he wants to believe that Loki is good, hmm. but he knows Loki usually ends up betraying him. So now he's on his toes yeah. and immediately as soon as he's he smells something fishy, <laughs> he goes straight for him and and calls him out on this deception about uh, him pretending to be Odin, which yeah. has been happening for a few years now. And I love that. Like, I, it completely went over my head. Uh, a lot of the actors that are in that play that's being performed, I completely didn't get who they were. I missed it. Uh-huh. I, I yeah. honestly, and being a Taika Waititi film, you would think I would recognize Sam Neill. But, yeah, of but, course. But, yeah, no. Sam Neil. No, I didn't. Um, I, just little things like that. That's that's the sort of thing that I'm gonna when this film comes out on on DVD and Blu-ray. I'm picking it up and I'm watching it back just to pick up on the myriad of of little extra things that I didn't pick up on in the cinema because I was far too busy enjoying myself to notice everything that was going on there. Um, but it's just it's such an intelligently written film. Just the way that they uh, attach. Uh, sorry, approach the relationship between the brothers, the fact that Thor accepts Loki for who he is and what he is now. And, wow. you know, even though, you know, he, he he says as much in the movie, um, I know that I can't rely on you. I'm paraphrasing here. I know I can't rely on you. You're the god of mischief. That's who you are. Um, I can't be upset at you for being you anymore. I just have to accept it. And yeah. you know that's that's quite an important theme that runs through the movie is one of accepting things, whether it's within your own family or just like fate in 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 total. When when you think of Ragnarok, uh, it, it plays a much more important part in this movie than you'd be led to believe. Something the end, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all about acceptance, 
Um, it's just so uh, well written, really not, well done. Not to mention, what you talked about um, Taika Waititi's like whole essence being all over this movie. It's not yeah. just in its comedic take on the characters and how fun it is, um, but also the whole story. If you look at it um, under a, a microscope the whole thing has so much to do with his own history and his own culture and his own people. Mm. Um, and that whole, um, the, the, the whole idea of that, um, that this, this movie's kind of, uh, take on what Odin did, which is that, um, what, what does Hella say? Hella says, uh, proud to have it ashamed of how he got it yeah um that whole colonialism like feel mm. is like a huge part of this and it comes straight from his his own culture and his own history yeah and and you know not for nothing um speaking as someone that is on the other side of that particular cultural <laughs> war um be- because you know we were kind of responsible for sending people over there in the first place um i i definitely keenly felt that and you know, it, it's not a um, a guilty feeling per se, but it's certainly uh, a feeling of knowing that that is what happened and that there is a responsibility there. And, you know, just making sure that that shit doesn't happen again. And, and, and honestly, it's not even like the movie is... It's not preachy. It's not, it's not preachy. And it wouldn't even... If you, if you are... If you, Dave, personally are Odin in this situation, you're not treated as the bad guy, even though clearly he did bad things yeah. uh, to get where he is. And that's Hella's whole, whole point is that she was like, I was cast out because he decided to grow a conscience. Suddenly I was I was doing too much. So yeah. I was the problem when, hmm. you know, a moment ago he was fine with all this and now I'm the one who's in trouble for it. But um, but just simply the fact that that you you even have this message in any way in this film, I, I think is pretty cool. Um, and and it comes from Taika Waititi in his own voice. Like that's something you get from his storytelling. And and I think that the thing that em- emerges through his uh, films is that he's very good at like like this movie. I I describe this movie as goofy. Like mm-hmm. it's silly and yet it has touching moments and it has serious moments and they are effective it's it's not that the goofiness and silly like this is i would not compare it to um lego batman which did the same thing lego batman is a super goofy uh lego movie but at the same time it actually does have some serious themes and has like heartwarming um, stuff happening, and, and I wouldn't say that this movie was heartwarming, but it definitely has that. It, it, it can undercut the seriousness with comedy, but it's not afraid to do the serious stuff. It's not like the serious stuff is an afterthought. When when the characters get serious, they get serious, and then you know hmm. there, there might be a gag like a few minutes later. But I, I appreciate just the whole. I feel like like Watiti understands like when Thor's whole plight 
uh, his storyline. Um, he's told that he's going to be king and he accepts it and then he's cast out uh, for for being too greedy the same way Hela was in the first movie. Um, he, he, he does more than he should. And he he's told he's unworthy of the of the throne. He gets cast out. Um, decide like like visits Midgar, get, uh, Midgard, falls in love with it. Decides that he wants to be he wants to protect these people of Midgard, and I think in a way learns to care about his own people, but in a way where. He doesn't. He still doesn't want that. He doesn't. When he comes back at the end of Thor, he doesn't want to be the king. Yeah, like he doesn't want that. And here in this movie, when he tells um, Valkyrie, "I this isn't about the crown. I don't want to be the king. I turned that down. This isn't about that. I'm not going back to fight Hela so I can take my place as the rightful king." I'm going back to fight Hela because she's endangering our people mm. and I want to protect them. Which funnily enough is exactly the sort of thing that a king should do. Yeah. yeah. He, he leads for example, not through it, and his nobility he, his almost right. comes from the fact that he is not, he doesn't want the crown. Yeah. He's not doing it because he wants to be the leader. He wants to do it because it's the right thing to do. It's, it's the right thing to protect people. Mm. And even he knows like, like Valkyrie says it, um, he says, like everybody basically says it. Loki tells him at one point, "You're gonna, she's gonna kill you. Like you're gonna go back by yourself, and she's literally gonna murder you because you can't. You are not as powerful as her." Mm-hmm. And he understands that, and still is like, "Well, I have to do it. I can't stay here. I can't just forget like Valkyrie's trying to do. I have to go back, and I have to do something." Hmm. Um, you know, and it's, and it's, it's because, old, um... like he says, it's what it's what a hero does. He's really like. Uh, married to this being a hero thing because yeah. he says it a couple times throughout the, 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 um, throughout the movie. The old saying is, of course, that uh, those who seek power are the, those who are at least worthy of having it, and certainly the ones that, are, that you should trust the least with it, uh, which pretty much sums up most politicians, to be fair. Um, <laughs> to jump on the point that you made earlier as well about um, the fact that they do have quite a few funny moments, but they balance that out with moments of like drama and tragedy and all that kind of stuff. It, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, we had a, a crossover episode with um, Erie International and the Terror Table, which uh, I mentioned on another podcast recently. And um, we did briefly touch upon this idea of uh, horror movies. We were talking about um, the most recent version of It. And yeah. we mentioned the fact that, um, and this isn't an original idea and I can't claim credit for it because it's a very famous concept, but the reason that horror films normally work really well with comedy is because you need to have moments of levity to bring you back from that point where you're absolutely scared stupid. Because if you're constantly scared, it becomes very exhausting very quickly and the scares lose their effect. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the same with comedy movies. And we said this exact thing, where you need moments of seriousness and tragedy because if you're laughing constantly all the time, those laughs lose their effect after a while. Um, A film that did it quite well, for my money, um, is Ted. And and too often people with, with, I would say, with both horror and comedy, too often people think, well, this is a comedy movie. I don't need to have a story. This is a horror movie. It doesn't need to have character development. It doesn't matter. And that's where... 
I think the reason it, it's not the reason so uh, <laughs> trying to figure out my words. The reason why so many people want to go see it, um, I think part of that it's is the fact that story. Stranger Things is popular. It's a very similar vibe. It's got the same person in it. Sure. And um, people remember the old version and it looked like a good movie. That's part of it. The other part of it is, and this is why I feel like, for instance, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the reason why Justice League hasn't made as much as the Avengers did in its first weekend mm-hmm. is because uh, it, once you get into the movie, has like really cool characters who you like watching together and you like you you get into it. And so at the end of the movie, I was like, I love these characters. I love these kids mm. and I want to go back and see it another time, maybe because it was fun. Like I had a good time yeah. and that's how I always feel about horror. Horror should be fun. It's mm. not about just being scared. You should like the best reaction to have in a horror movie is when you jump and then you're laughing about how you jumped because you're having a fun time Yeah, and not that existential dream. Like, not that that's not good and that can't work in certain movies. Like, sometimes that is the best option. Just like, you know, like, Les Mis is fucking depressing. Mm. And I think I've said this before. The worst part of Les Mis is when it tries to not be depressing by doing, like, that Tenardier is having some comedy moments. But that, to me, if I if I had my, pow- if my like, druthers, I would cut that from Les Mis because it doesn't add <laughs> anything to Les Mis. Yeah. It's just there to try to, like, have some levity. Um, and almost, and I kind of almost want to wallow in it, but most of the time I feel like with horror particularly, yes, you can have horror where it's just depressing, but it's not fun. Like you don't want to watch that. Hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't want to see, um, no, that's true. Um, what, I, that, yeah. what, I, what I would say is that there are occasions and, and not to discredit your point because you make a very good point and I do agree with it for the most part. There are occasions, especially within horror, um, and sometimes comedy as well, where you don't necessarily need a great story or great character development to have a, a fun film. And I'm thinking specifically of The Babysitter in, in this uh, instance. That is a very, very simple story. Um, and there's hardly any character development of most of the antagonists. Um, the the main protagonist gets a little bit of development, but not as much as you'd think. And the main reason is just because it's a throwback movie to the 1980s kind of B-movie slasher kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and also it's directed by McGee, so he doesn't really do character development. <laughs> he doesn't really do that. No, but still, that for me is a movie that works, despite the fact that it doesn't really try to develop characters that much. Um, it just relies on what it's good at, which is cheap laughs, schlock horror, toilet humor, um, you know, and just buckets of blood. Um, so, you know, it, sometimes it does work. Um, also, to pick up on the Justice League point, and we'll get into Justice League proper in, in a little bit, um, I think you're right in that there is a, a section of the crowd which is, you know, we've been to see the movie. I was one of them. I've been to see the movie. It was a good movie. I don't need to go and watch it again. Whereas with some other films, you might be like, Do you know what, I want to go and watch that again. I think actually the main problem for Justice League in terms of making money out of the gate is a combination of the fact that people have been burned on previous movies 
unlike the Marvel movies where they have a lot of goodwill, which we've often talked about, the goodwill that comes with Marvel movies, people are willing to just give them their money and, and expect a certain level but of quality, such because, as with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy should not yeah. have made the money it did, but it did so not because people were like, oh, this looks like an interesting concept, and we're familiar with the comics. I mean, Felipe did, but you know, yeah. he, he's in the minority there. I didn't know there. anything about it. No, neither I, did I. But I like the but casting, and I think that's a part of it, and that I like is. the other Marvel movies, they and built I was up like, this looks like fun. They built up cachet over a period of time to the point that the Marvel yeah. name meant as much as the person directing it or the people that starred in it. Um, so there is a there is a little bit of the stigma there, but you can't attribute it all to the stigma because Wonder Woman is part of that universe and that made bucket loads of money. Um, what I would also say is that, and and this isn't me saying, oh my god, you know, critics are wrong, critics are terrible, but they were exceptionally harsh on Justice League. Um, more so, I think, than I feel was necessary. But I understand that their job is to look at the movie from a critical point of view, not from a will-you-have-fun-watching-it point of view. Um, and, you know, that that will harm a movie. But I'm not going to argue that that was right or wrong, because at the end of the day, critics are paid to give their critical opinion on a movie. And I'm very much aware of the fact that Justice League was a fun movie to watch for me, but not necessarily a tour de force of direction and storytelling. So, you know, it, it's it, it varies. But, um, you know, back to four, I, I just, I, what, what to say about this movie? It's just fucking amazing. Very it's, funny. It's, well it's, it's so much fun. It reminds me. Kate Blanchett uh, eats that scenery. Take, take what? Kate Blanchett eats the scenery and she's wonderful. Oh, for sure. Doing it every time. She's, She's probably the best Marvel villain outside of Loki. Um, yeah. She, and I hope that she's not done with. She. Uh, what I appreciate about this movie is it, it, one, it never, it lets everybody have a good time and lets Kate Blanchett have some fun moments. Yeah. Um, she, she does have, uh, she has two lines that I think it's great because they, they're, they're funny lines where the one is when she goes, um, What's the 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 one where she's talking about how um, she she tells this whole story about how she she's returned to Asgard and tells her whole her whole deal her whole backstory yeah and then that the the one the guy who's, the I don't know any of the names of the of he's the one of the warriors, warriors three, three. but uh, do you know which one that was I, that I don't her? it's the uh, the samurai warrior isn't yeah. it. But he goes, he goes, whoever you are, you know, we're not listening. And she goes, whoever, did I you just not told listen you. to anything I just said? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that, that's just brilliant comedy timing on her part. And, and the writing as well. It's such an obvious joke, but the way that they deliver it, you just, you laugh your ass off. Mainly because, you know, sometimes jokes aren't about not expecting it. It's about how it's delivered. So you, you can expect them to say exactly the same thing. But as long as they deliver it the right way, it can still delight you to no end. And I, I think a lot of Taika Waititi's um, comedy is is in that vein. Um, it, it's good writing, but it's also excellent delivery from from him and and from the people that act for him. And there's no doubting that he gets the best out of his actors because they just look like they're enjoying themselves. Yeah, these these everybody seems like they're having a good time. Mm. I think one of the test another testament to him and I know we're sitting here we're just talking about <laughs> you said he, you're you're on, you're up on his dick. I mean, he not only is this movie super funny and it's poignant at times and there's some really cool shots. Like I really love the way 
um, whenever Thor gets angry and he starts thinking of his father, and they have those zooming in shots of um, like go like like zooming into to Odin standing in in that cliff in Norway. Mm. It's a really cool shot, and then the, and the the drum it's like, boom, and you like see it pulling in, and the fact that it's thunder and lightning, and you, you feel that. Yeah. Um, but he himself. I have seen this. I, I saw it once by myself, and then I saw it again with like friends. Once with uh, a friend, one with my sister, and both times they walked out of the like out of the movie and was like, "Who played Korg? I love that character." <laughs> and I was like, "It's the guy who directed the movie," <laughs> but he's like a highlight of the film. People love him. Yeah, I and like. Right. I love his his whole laid back vibe that he has throughout mm. the whole movie. Do you know, um, th- there's a lot of um, films where directors will insert themselves in little cameos and things like that. And for the most part, it's harmless fun. It's like Alfred Hitchcock would always have a cameo in his movies. Mm-hmm. Th- there are some directors, especially like actors turned directors, that maybe they direct something that they're in. <gasps> And they just seem to use it as an excuse to hog the screen, and in some instances, it can ruin the the entire movie because you're just like, okay, this is your film, but please stop hogging the limelight. <laughs> I never felt like that with Taika Waititi's performance, and maybe it's just because he's so soft-spoken a character and so laid back about everything, but you know, whenever he was on and he was funny, it just felt like, do you know what? Okay, he might be eating up screen time but i'm enjoying it it's worthwhile but he, he he himself is a great comedic actor like absolutely he would be if you made this movie and taika watiti and, it, and it's the same vibe they're going for the same thing a similar feel you would definitely he's the kind of guy you would get it. for that part anyways yeah so it's yeah. perfect uh we're uh gonna get on his spaceship um do you want to come along <laughs> i the weird thing was, when I was watching that film, I know he's from New Zealand, but I got a very strong South African vibe from that accent. It's very <laughs> yeah, strange. Bit, yeah. Very strange. <clears throat> uh, um, so, yeah. So, I, I think, like, like it's 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 very funny. It, it has some good serious moments. Hmm. Uh, what are... Oh, I here are some of my favorite gags. I think right off the bat, one of the first things that I think is really funny about this movie is, and, and it's like, the, a great introduction to the tone is when um, it starts with with uh, oh in the cage, yeah. Thor's yeah. in this cage. He's doing some narration, like telling, basically I explaining love the where he's of been how that works. since yeah, uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, your previous favorite Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we're all allowed to be wrong. <laughs> and uh, so he's explaining that, and then he ends up in front of. Uh, Sutter, who's this giant fire demon, hmm. and Sutter goes, Thor, son of Odin, and Thor goes, Sutter, son of a bitch, you're still alive. <laughs> yes, uh, but uh, like even like um, to, to 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 kind of backtrack into the middle of that scene, yeah. um, when the trailer for that movie comes out and you're listening to him narrating it, basically delivering exactly the same lines that um, he delivers at the beginning of that movie. You think to yourself, okay, this is a nice little thing that they've made for the trailer. Then he starts doing it at the beginning of this movie, and I think to myself, Thor has never broken the fourth wall in his life. What is he doing? Only for them to reveal that he's talking to 
a skeleton in the cage alongside him and he's obviously been there so long that he's gone fucking mad and then it just leans into all of that like the fact that he's swinging around and Surter is is talking to him and he says oh yeah, hang on a minute yeah, hang on a minute gonna be another <laughs> okay I'm back <laughs> spinning around yeah. and the frustration like because he's on... like I'm not even doing this it just <laughs> yeah it's just happening it's so good and then he he puts his hand up to call Mjolnir and it's just like nothing happens he says oh hang on hang on and you just hear these loud explosions <laughs> he's like just a second and and suddenly you know the hammer enters and fucking immigrant song kicks on and yes. such Which a great use of that music because at the end of this movie all of asgard everybody from asgard's an immigrant yeah yeah. Which is, I think, it's and and that song when that song kicks in at the end and in the beginning, not only is it awesome, but it like, it, there's a reason for it. Mm. Um, and I there's... also love, by the way, you mentioned the the joke of calling uh, Melnier, but I, I think that <laughs> that joke when they do it in the, the pool... uh, in Doctor Strange's uh, yeah uh, Sanctum <laughs> Sanctum Centaurum many... yeah Sanctum Centaurum. That joke is, is also one of my favorite bits in the movie where he calls uh, – Dr. Strange goes, hey, forgetting your umbrella? And he goes, oh, right. And he calls it and you just hear all this stuff smashing. <laughs> there are so many great goes, Mjolnir moments. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that whole Dr. Strange segment is brilliant. Like, oh, it's just, so great. The, the fact that he's constantly bamboozled and discombobulated by what's going on in front of him. And we've had an entire movie where we've gotten used to Dr. Strange and we know what's going on. But, you know, like the fact that um, at one point Stephen Strange teleports him over to where he is, but because he had his hand on the on, <laughs> yeah. on the bookcase, the bookcase came with him. So he zaps him back and he says, right, take your hand off. Okay, and he brings him well, back. He goes, he goes, he goes. And let's settle into that because he just goes, oh, we don't need that. We're not going to need that. Yeah. <laughs> just so matter of fact about like, it. As if Thor brought the bookshelf with him because yeah. he's not. <laughs> but I love the fact that also that establishes. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault, Thor. Put that back. Um, it establishes the fact that um, Stephen Strange has learned very quickly in a very short amount of time and we knew he was a genius anyway because of how quickly he picked up everything in his own movie but it just demonstrates that he's gone so much further in a short amount of time um you know i like the fact that they reference the comic books with uh you know four used to have a secret identity for a time when he was uh kind of like joined to the hip um with uh um a professor whose name i escapes me at the moment but he was like a history professor and he would go around disguised as this guy and and uh mjolnir would stand out like a sore thumb henry so, henry blake dr henry blake yes and so he would carry an umbrella around which was actually mjolnir um there's a joke about mjolnir uh pulling him off which um david hopkins <laughs> hey, we'll pull you off. yeah <laughs> David Hopkins, that is his favorite joke of all time, and I find it difficult to disagree with him. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what my my favorite joke in this movie, as as much as I love all the ones I've already mentioned, my favorite joke in this movie mm. is when um they're trying to decide whether or not they should trust Loki and bring them bring him with them when they leave the planet. Yeah, and they're all like. He's like, <laughs> Banner goes, oh, yeah, I was over there a couple seconds ago. He seems like he still kind of wants to kill me. And he's like, yeah, he's tried to kill me before. He's, he's tried to kill all of us. And then Thor does this. I am goes, here. 
He goes, the story, that's the story. He goes, once when I was a kid, once when we were kids, yes. he turned himself into a snake because he knows I love snakes. So I picked up the snake to admire it and then he turned back into himself and he goes, ha, ah, it's me. And then he stabbed me. It was the stabbing bit that got me. <laughs> It's the whole story, and the way he, how frantically he says it, and the way that when he goes, when he goes, so I pick up the stake to admire it. The way he says it, so matter of fact, yeah. and better. Who knows where the story goes? Goes, oh no, oh man, and like the whole thing. That is my favorite. There is, there one. is part of this movie that we've not mentioned at all yet, and we need to because this is basically a backdoor uh, Planet Hulk movie. Yeah. Um, the moment when Hulk emerges. And Loki just relax. He he just fucking loses it. He's just like, I need to get out of here. I need to leave now. And and then like there's yeah. a bit at the end of the fight where Hulk grabs hold of Thor and just ragdolls him left to right. And Loki just gets up out of his seat and goes, "There you go. How do you like it, huh?" Like, <laughs> it's, it's so, so I love the way good. that when Loki sees. He sees Hulk. He's so petrified remembering that moment yeah. from Avengers that he literally goes, I have to get off I this have to planet. Leave now. <laughs> and like just the um the references that this film makes throughout to previous movies and continuity is nothing new to the Marvel movies, but this especially, the fact that it references so much of Thor's history within the films, but also Loki's um, you know, it, it's just it is wonderful, like that Loki's history with four. I, but I also... love how casual it is. I this movie is, a, and one of the reasons why I think this is one of my favorite mm. um Marvel movies is because the references to other characters in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and even when Doctor Strange shows up, and even when he finds the Hulk on Sakaar, yeah, it's feels everything about it seems so organic. <laughs> He's when a friend talking, from work. Yeah, he goes, hey, what are you, you're embarrassing me. I thought that we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> or when he goes, I love, there's there's two parts. I love, Chris Hensworth is so funny. He's he's so funny. And I love yeah. the two moments. They're very unThor-like, but they're probably just two of my favorite like reaction things that he does is when he goes, they're like right back to back. And the first one is when, he keep he goes. He's trying to get the Quinjet to turn on for him, and he puts his hand yes. against the thing, and he says Thor, the and it doesn't work. He says Thor instead of Odin, and then he goes strongest Avenger, and then that doesn't work, and then he tries it again. He just more pronounced. He goes strongest Avenger. And he's like, <laughs> God damn you, Stark. And then and then he goes, yeah, he goes, ah, oh, damn you, Stark. Point break, and it turns it on, which is great. <laughs> and then when and then when Banner goes on, he says he goes uh, Banner Avenger. Bruce, and it goes. Oh, welcome, strongest Avenger, and he goes, "Uh, what?" <laughs> and um, then later on, when when Bruce is like, "Well," he's like, "Oh, you're just using it to get to the Hulk." He goes, "No, but it would be nice if he helped me out." And he goes, "Well, I'm power." He goes, "Say, hey, Bruce is powerful too," and he goes, "Is he though?" <laughs> <laughs> There's um the the moment again. It's another fight moment, and it's a, a reference to a previous uh. uh scene in another movie age of ultron where um four starts giving him the the sun's getting mighty low big fella right. um, <laughs> i thought it was gonna work yeah, yeah so did i and and then it links into loki getting his uh revenge and it's just like 
man, they do not give a solitary fuck. They will take the piss out of themselves no end. And I love it. I love it for that. It's so good. Um, uh, the, the other bit with um, Banner jumping out of the Quinjet and just splatting on the Rainbow Bridge is oh, fucking so brilliant. And then the fact that he transforms afterwards and you know just grabs that, a thing that by is the, the tail. Part, the, 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 I, I laughed so hard at that. And then yeah. the, the and then the scene when when the, <laughs> my, me and my sister when we saw we saw it together the part where the where um the part where he tells that story the two of us giggled so much after that scene that she was like what happened after that because I missed everything I don't know I just that. lost it I was in fits of giggles <laughs> so I think <laughs> so we're both funny. agreed that this is a really fucking good movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, and we haven't even mentioned the score, which I think Mark Mothersbaugh did the score. He he's formerly from Devo. He mm-hmm. did the theme song for the Rugrats. Yeah. Uh, he also did the 21, 21 and twenty two Jump Street uh, soundtracks. I think he he's slowly starting to get more work. Yeah. Um, and I think this soundtrack's phenomenal. It, it adds this like eighties synth over mm. like the traditional Thor theme yeah. mm-hmm. and it's heroic yet yep. fun and goofy and like it's so good and I I, I haven't yet but I, I definitely want to start listening to it I on think its I'll own. be buying it like I, I love the fact that the 80s seems to be in at the moment and um, the, the music as, as much as anything and a synth heavy uh, score is perfectly okay with me so yeah, it's it's definitely one for the uh, for the old MP3 player for sure. Right then, so Justice League, <laughs> the time has come. <laughs> um, what were your general feelings, good, bad, or indifferent about the film? I I would say I walked out of the movie uh, much much more on the indifferent side, okay. but it's. Um, it's tough. I, I don't I don't think my um I don't think I've 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 gotten I've grown fonder of the film since I saw it because the thing that like that I have a problem with with the movie is specifically much more technical than anything else. I just yeah. feel like it was I, I it was a mess. I think it showed some signs that it was heading in a in my opinion a better direction for some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel like the movie itself is the problem. I don't think it's I don't think it was a good movie. I think the movie was too like like when you consider how much money they spent on it, which is way too much for what they ended up putting out. And when you hear stories like um, the reason why they, this movie came out and it clearly wasn't ready to come out. Mm-hmm. I don't think um, this was the best with all the footage that they had. I don't think this was the best version of this movie that they put out, but they, um, the executives at WB, if they didn't put the movie out, um, this year in its time spot that it was supposed to come out, they wouldn't get their bonuses. Their bonuses would be less uh, than they would if they put the movie out then. So instead of making sure the movie was ready to go before they released it, they put it out not finished so that they would personally make more money. 
Right. And it's stuff like that that makes me angry because it's they are they're willfully putting out a poor quality product just to make money with no real concern of whether or not what they're putting out is good. And it's stuff like that that frustrates me and I get angry mm. because I I I said this on on my other podcast the breakdown we we talked about this movie and I basically summed it up with when when you look at the two the franchises not the DC comics and not uh and you just look at the movies that Marvel's put out and the Marvel and the movies that DC has put out to this yeah. point I would say that um if you separate the comics from the movies the DC comics I think those characters are not only like super well defined and like really not only defined personally, but their relationships with each other are so solid and fundamental. It's just the relationship alone between Batman and and Superman is so great. Yeah. For two characters that, you know, it's not like they're 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 light and dark. There's a million stories you can tell with them. They're complete polar opposites and yet they're exactly the same. And I think that they their dynamic is fantastic. Hmm. There is nothing um in the comics to me, I know from somebody who doesn't even really read comics, that relationship between Superman and Batman. For instance, on the other side, in the Marvel comics, I don't know anything, especially going before on any of the movies, I don't know anything about Tony Stark and Steve Rogers' relationship with each other. Hmm. But the Marvel movies have through even just a couple of movies, like their own standalone movies, how they interact with other people and how they interact with each other. When you get to Civil War, I feel like it's it was frustrating because I understood why both of these characters were mad at each other and why they were doing what they're doing. But I was also frustrated because I knew that neither one of them like they, they this isn't ideal. Neither one of them are like want to do this because at the end of the day, they're on the same team. They're on the same page. But this thing has come between them Hmm. whereas in the dc movies the relationship i don't understand there is no really i'm not even gonna like say i don't understand it there is no relationship between superman and batman and they did a whole movie about the two of them fighting Hmm. and then they and then this movie you have a scene like there's a scene that i i think was good where where Batman says he wants to bring back Superman because he's the guy who should be leading the Justice League. He's a, he and if we can bring him back, he can he can put this team together and we can stop stop save the world. Yeah. And I like that scene, but there's no reason in any of the movies thus far that I feel like Batman should feel that way about Superman. He barely knows the guy and they've he they've they don't know anything about each other. They don't know who I don't, he doesn't know who Superman is. Yeah, he does. So why does how because how are they ever interacted with each other in any way other than they fought? They decided to to work together. Superman died because like, he went to Clark Kent's funeral and he saved his mother. He knows who his mother is. He's the world's greatest detective. No, it doesn't mean that they have a great relationship. What it does mean, and I'm I'm not playing defense here, but all it does mean is that he knows through Martha uh, Kent uh, that Superman grew up a farm boy to a couple of parents who loved him very much. He had a normal childhood. 
Whereas Batman is the orphan that grew up a millionaire and uh, isn't, you know, his his line that you're referring to in Justice League is that um, he feels that uh, Superman would be a better leader for the team because he's more human than than Batman is, and he's he's basing that on the fact that Superman had a more normal upbringing and is probably more uh, grounded in what it is to be human. Than, than than Bruce Wayne actually is, uh, which, when you think about it, kind of makes sense. Um, what doesn't make sense is the fact that, you know, if he got to know, and I completely agree on this point, if he got to know Martha Kent as well as he did, then how did he ever let it get to the point where her farm was being repossessed and things like that? Um, uh, you, you can't play both sides of that. But I think, yeah. you know, you could always say, well, is that maybe two sides of the the filmmaking teams that didn't mesh correctly because you're always going to have this question of who directed what, who wrote what, which part of what story is meshing with what part of another story. Um, And to your point about the cost of the movie, unfortunately the cost spiralled because of the fact that they ended up feeling that they had to reshoot a bunch of stuff. The fact they released it this year when they did, I didn't know that story about the executives. That's inexcusable. Um, but you know the the actual cost of the movie was never going to be cheaper than this because of the circumstances of and, and yeah and, it, and and to be fair it only would have gotten more expensive but I feel like I I would have preferred them working to fix it where it's, which I, I I honestly almost feel like I I wish that I could sit there and work with with the people who are supposed to be editing editing this movie together and mm. figure out like I think just structurally I think this film is broken. I, we might have had this conversation. I think I a think it's bit, bound to like, be because of the fact that it has two different sets of eyes, right? And and the two and, hands and on the rudder, and that's and that's an issue. And I think that it, it just seems like. To me, I feel like the executives at Warner Brothers, they feel like this is this is the big superhero movie. This is the big comic book thing. We don't need to do anything good. We don't need to work hard to make this work. It's going to make money. It doesn't matter. I don't and know. That, and, I don't know. That frustrates me. I think and if, I also... if that was – not to cut you off, but I, I think if that was the case, then they would have taken what Snyder had already shot. They would have brought someone else in that would just have done the job of finishing off directing what was written – what Snyder had decided on, and they would have just released it as that. They obviously went for somebody in the shape of um, I can't remember his name, which is a fucking crime. Um, Wes, um, mm, can't remember his Joss name. Whedon? Joss Whedon. Why am I saying Wes? Uh, they, they went for Joss, Joss Whedon for obvious reasons. He's got uh, chops in the uh, superhero movie making world with the the Marvel movies. Uh, he makes what are traditionally very Colourful, vibrant movies. He's the opposite of what Snyder is. I would say the stuff that was obviously Snyder's did feel like it was moving in the correct direction. Um, I'm not saying it was perfect. I'm not saying that it was 100% better than what had come before. But I do think that there were signs there that he's got the message and is slowly transitioning this this movie universe out of the dark and dreary and into something approaching slightly closer to a, a fun action-packed uh colorful kind of movie universe and i don't think you're wrong about that either mm. and i think um i i think that that you you could be right about that especially because with the footage that they first showed i think was all snyder from comic-con mm. and i enjoyed it i thought yeah. it was cool i also enjoyed it 
when it was the first footage of Suicide Squad. But then what happens is, and this is a really weird thing that I've noticed about all of these movies, um, from from not just from Batman versus Superman to um, Suicide Squad to Justice League, all the one thing that all three of those movies have in common is this weird thing where I almost feel like the people in charge of these films, the producers, the people kind of putting their hands all over it, mm. um, they have this insane need to put who they feel like is the star of the movie uh, in like, – like the show them first before you see anything else in the movie and it hurts the story every single time. Suicide Squad – starts showing starts with will smith then margot robbie in prison Mm. then cuts to amanda waller explaining what's going on telling just the stories of margot robbie and will smith then goes back to the prison for this sequence that shouldn't have happened until after amanda waller was done talking about these Mm. people the cold open of that movie should be amanda waller the first thing you see should be wb dc logo Amanda Waller walking through DC. Maybe you see that that like uh, like something about like where we left off of the Batman versus Superman. You know, Bat or Superman's dead. She says that I want to put us together the Suicide Squad. She talks about all these people and we see all of their backstories. And then the the one dude goes, "Well, where are these people now?" She goes, "I threw them in a hole and I threw away the hole." And then you you go into the prison and then you have the opening credit montage mm-hmm. of all of these villains that we saw living their like life of crime and now they're pathetically in this prison and they're wasting away and they're being tormented and tortured that's how you structure a movie you know directly instead they feel the need to do it and this movie does the same thing justice league starts with a random clip of superman that has nothing to do with anything a random clip of batman that doesn't do anything a random clip of wonder woman that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie it, instead of where it should have started, with, it should have started on Thermoscara with him sh- with um, I, Steppenwolf showing up, taking the cube. Then they they signal Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman sees signal, goes to Batman, hmm. and that's how the movie that's how a movie starts. Okay, I mean, instead, I, okay, that couple. doesn't happen until forty minutes into the film. No, I know, I know. I, a couple of a couple of points um, regarding Suicide Squad. There's not much that can be said about that movie, <laughs> but everyone knows the story at and, this but point. I, but, it's, it's got the I bones. I don't think it's the No, no, fault. it's not at all. I don't think it has Snyder's the bones. It, it has the bones there of a good movie. Um, unfortunately, and everyone knows at this point, that they ended up giving the editorial job over to the same company that made one of the trailers because they like the trailer, which is a stupid fucking thing to do because mm-hmm. trailer makers don't care about uh, putting things in the right logical order. They just care about making something that looks cool which is fine for music videos, for trailers, for things like that, if you're trying to sell something. For a movie, you want someone that knows how to craft a story. And to be honest with you, I don't know why they didn't just allow the director to edit his movie, because it, he's he's well known to be a, a, a very good storyteller at times. I'm not saying he always is, but Fury was a fucking amazing movie. And anyone that I says otherwise Harry. is an idiot. I was um, very excited about this movie. Yeah, no, I think everyone was. That he'd put out, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And I was ready to love this movie, but mm. it's a mess. No, it is. And it is. A mess. I, can, and that, and that's I will completely problem. agree. Yeah. I, and I think that they, they make these decisions 
maybe you're right that the intention is to put something out that's good, but the problem is they don't seem to understand what that means or what that no. is, and and they they do things like, I mean, well, we'll get people to. want us to be like Marvel. Let's just get yeah. the guy who did the Avengers to who is so different than the tone that you already have. Yeah. I mean, and we'll get we'll get to movies and just shove we'll, them together. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit because I I have an idea which I, I, you'll remember I, I floated on uh, on Twitter. Um, last last week at some point we'll, we'll get to that where we can discuss like you know in, in the ideal world how do we how do we fix things um, but something else I wanted to mention was uh, you brought up the fact that you know the beginning of Justice League you get a bunch of random clips of the different heroes you get the Superman clip I actually really like that clip and I'm not entirely sure why but I think it's something to do with the fact that it feeds into this um, th- this overall kind of dialogue about what is Superman all about? And I think that they keep coming back to the same thing, which is Superman is about hope and he's about humanity. And the fact that they cut off what his answer is, obviously they're leaving that to us to make our minds up. But to me, the answer is always, what's your favorite thing about Earth? It's the people. That's what I think the answer is there. And given that most this entire... people took it to think that he meant Lois Lane, probably, which is the wrong answer i mean it is the wrong answer but that's why it is the right answer what i think that's why you cut it off but i have gathered from the other movies with this superman character in Mm. the only thing he cares about is lois lane and he doesn't care about the people the good thing about this movie is that it's a bit of a reset for him in as much as it's good and he needed it he's dead and back to life and hopefully he can be more like the superman that we kind of we know and love even his suit is brighter in this movie i think that speaks to something yeah, it does. And, and but but then here's the other thing. I'm hearing stories about what what Snyder's story was, and it seems like part one of his story was that they bring Superman back, and Superman is in the black suit, and he has a beard, and he's evil now. And they spend almost the entire movie dealing with that, and then at the end they bring him back. And I don't know if I if I like that or I don't like that. I guess I'd I have to see it honestly I to mean, make a black, full opinion. Yeah, about it. black suited Superman f- from uh, my memories of the Death of Superman story arc. Uh, the black suit was not about him being evil. And again, this is Zack Snyder. But in this movie, it would have been. And and they definitely shot it because uh, he posted a video, a picture of the black suit on he, Twitter. He posted a close up of a, a suit in black and white, but we still nah, don't that was, know. That was the black suit. We still don't know if that was a uh, a, a black and white photo. You can you can Google it. They shot they shot scenes with the black suit. Uh, fair enough then. Um, but what you know, what I would say is that, and and I'm kind of I'm happy that they're moving away from Snyder as a, a leader in these projects because of the fact that. He will shoot things for the hell of it and because he thinks it's a cool idea. He called Jimmy Olsen in a, a throwaway mm-hmm. scene that I didn't even realize it was Jimmy Olsen. Apparently, he was working for the FBI or some shit like that. Um, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen should always be saved by Superman. That's how it works. Um, but, you know, Snyder, I, 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 you know, I hope everything is good for him in his personal life. I know that tragedy struck his family and that's why he left the project. But I want him as far away from this as possible, um, because black suit Superman was not evil. The black well, and that's, suit, that's the other thing about the, this too. Black he su- wanted to. They were these the same executives who put the movie out when they did because they wanted the bonus. Mm. Were gonna fire Snyder 
after Batman versus Superman because of how poorly it went, but they couldn't because they were already scheduled to start shooting justice league. So they couldn't, they weren't able to fire him in time. So they let him shoot anyway. Hopefully they'll put some fixes in place. And again, we'll get to that in a, in a, in a minute. Um, I I should point out again, I did enjoy this film uh, and I'll I'll give reasons (laughs) why in a bit, but we're, we're going through the, the stuff that I'm, I I've, I've become more kind of accepting of the fact that there are problems with the DC films now. Um, even though I I enjoy, let you, I will let you talk about the stuff you like about this movie, and I will also give some stuff I liked about the movie. I, I will mean, try that, to be that, more positive. That, that, w- that would be lovely. Um, but again, <laughs> and I will I will finish this black suit point. Um, he, w- he was never evil while he was in the suit. At worst, and this is something that they actually tackle quite nicely in the in Justice League movie, um, he could be a bit confused, a bit unsure about what is going on. Uh, but the black suit, literally the only reason he had a black suit was, number one, it was the 90s and it was something cool to put him in. And number yeah. two, the idea was that the black suit was actually like some sort of uh, regenerative, regenerative suit. There we go, I got it out. Uh, which um, he was placed in by his little mechanized dude um, in the Fortress of Solitude. And basically, it helped him regenerate because he was in—he wasn't dead. He was in like a deep sleep, um, which is something that pissed me off. They had that whole hovering thing at the end of the the movie with the the dirt hovering, and you were like, "Okay, so he's yeah, not well, dead after all." And they nothing. abandoned it. They completely abandoned it, which was very annoying. Because personally, as much as I like the idea of Batman being like, "Okay, I made a horrible mistake, and we need to bring him back," and the idea of the mother box being involved and all that kind of stuff—that that's fine, but. I would have preferred it if they had just been like, we need Superman back, but he's not coming back, so we need to make the best of what we can. And then out of nowhere, he just arrives or something. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure how to tell that story, but I think you you need to stick a lot closer to the comic books with, with that because they found a way of telling it and you can ignore all of the electric Superman red and blue because that was bullshit. But, um, you know, as far as the death and return of Superman, if you're going to do a death and return of Superman, you might as well do it the way that they did it in the comic books or at least take some major cues from it. Um, having said that, didn't hate the idea of them bringing him back. I just thought the idea of grave digging was a little bit weird, uh, especially mm-hmm. with The Flash. But people have brought that up before. Kevin Smith brought that up, for fuck's sake. Um, so, yeah, that that was the whole kind of like... Um, evil superman thingy i did really like that scene actually where they're all fighting him and the flash is going around the back and Mm -hmm. superman just suddenly just like turns his head to flash and flash was just like oh shit (laughs) oh fuck and then he just trips over because he's clumsy because he's a kid and uh and also i would be scared shitless yeah absolutely if i was was running around like that fast and i saw superman turn his head at me and he's holding everybody that's helping me and he fucking smirked the smirk yeah the smile he gave him was just unsettling um (laughs) and i don't know if it's because he had a cg mouth or what but um (laughs) (laughs) but no um i i i did to, to get into some positives because there are a lot for me i really love that whole speech that Batman gives uh, Flash about just save one person and then you'll know what to do and that entire scene of him saving someone and then just being like oh shit I did it now what uh, another one and you know I, I I don't know why but I kind of got some goosebumps from that it was like I don't know just seeing someone who he's got superpowers but he doesn't consider himself a hero he's never done anything like this before and the fact that he just slipped into it so naturally 
Um, and it just kind of points to that idea of, you know, there's a hero in everyone. Not everyone that, that has powers um, is a hero, but not everyone that doesn't have powers can't be a hero. You know, it's heroism isn't necessarily about having the ability to do something. It's about being um, willing to do something. And that's kind of what I got with Flash. But also the fact every time he used his speed to help other members of the team out, like when he uh, pushed the sword back to Diana, um, you know, and he's doing the wall of death thing where he's running around the, the circular chamber. And I I just, I knew I was going to find Flash funny because like they set him up very much as the comic relief of, of the entire group. Not the only one I might add, and we'll get to that. Um, but I, I did enjoy him as a comedy character, but also just the moments where he got to use his speed and, and shine. As a massive fan of the CW network shows, I didn't think that I would be able to have another flash in my heart. Um, but here I am. <laughs> He's very good. I enjoyed him very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also like him. Um I thought he was a lot of fun mm. and um, he's one of the characters. I would say I liked Aquaman. I liked Flash. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman is okay. She didn't um, have as much, I think, to do as the other people kind of took center stage. Yeah, I, I don't think she needed to have quite so much to do because of the fact that um, she's had a, a whole movie to herself and this isn't like a, a, a quota thing or anything, but... Mm-hmm. she's had a whole movie to demonstrate her, her abilities and powers and stuff uh, and also I think that was possibly where um, that first scene in London w- was necessary because they just wanted to just show her doing her thing um, but it was kind of more important that the other guys got a, a stage to shine and show what they could do um, and I, I didn't mind that she wasn't front and centre she did enough and she was important enough to the team at, at points um that yeah it, that didn't really worry me uh, aquaman for me was a revelation like jason momoa is a funny fucker um mm-hmm. especially there's um that um lasso of truth uh gag. yeah i really like that scene and that was amazing he was like you know I, I don't care if i live or die and then he's like actually no i don't want to die i've got too much to do i love you guys you're amazing you're quick as fuck blah 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 and then she just leans over and whips that thing out from underneath it. <laughs> it's so fucking good. And um, was it Bar- Barry Allen was just like, I didn't hear any of that. It was Aquaman says, like, I-, I will kill you if you mention this again. And he's like, I, I-, I didn't hear any of that. Did you guys? Like, just really <laughs> nice little moments. Um, and I-, I think that was probably a Joss Whedon scene. Uh, I'm sure that was, yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me if that was something that was thrown in by Snyder either, uh, because, you know, he's been trying to lighten the tone. And I'm terrible. I haven't got an eye for this kind of thing. I couldn't tell you in this movie for sure 100% of which scenes were which. Um, I, I, I could tell a lot of them. I, I would say that a lot of the scenes that felt like they were scenes out of the Avengers, I, I think are <laughs> from Jaws, and there's a yeah, lot of them, sense. and that scene's one of them, it, where they're just like on the, on an airplane hanging, hanging out around. with each other, and that yeah. reminded me of the Avengers, and and I and I feel like that's not the kind of humor Jaws or not Jaws, uh, Snyder would have put into the movie, but um, yeah, I I, I think that I, I like uh, Aquaman, I like Flash, I like um, 
I like Affleck's Batman. It mm. doesn't seem like we're going to be getting too much more of it. That's a shame. Um, my, actually, we might not be getting any more of it. Um, but uh, I, I I did feel like he wa- – I liked him better in the last movie than I did in this movie. He fell a little off. Um, Superman definitely took steps to being – this is obviously of the movies that have been released – this is the most I've liked Superman since probably early Man of Steel. I I, yeah. I still liked him a little bit in uh, near the beginning of Man of Henry Steel. Henry Cavill has everything to be like one of the best in con. I know there haven't been too many. Oh on no, the yeah, you're screen. absolutely right. He could he could easily be one of like a, a really great Superman. I'll never say he could be he the best because Chris, Christopher Reeve for me will, will always yeah. be the Superman, and that's just maybe because that's who I grew up with, but. You know, um, he has all the ingredients there. He, he's got the build. He's got, you know, the look. Uh, he can act his fucking chops off. Uh, and there's something about him that just kind of screams out like optimist, you know? But mm-hmm. they give him this stuff that doesn't quite gel with the character. And I, I'm all right with it because I don't mind different takes on heroes, you know? Uh, but. I just, yeah, I, I, I feel like in another reality, he is like Christopher Reeve Mark II, and he's being lauded as the greatest thing ever. Um, but unfortunately, that timeline was where my dream team of creatives got in control of the project rather than uh, Zack Snyder. But there we go. I, I, I do think, though, when you're trying to do what they're trying to do, I don't think this is the right time uh to be like like because when you're trying to make a justice league movie you're trying to put these characters together you kind of want to have uh i i think you want to have a traditional superman you want to have a traditional batman like you want to mm. have these characters they're going to be interacting with each other you kind of want to have mm. a recognizable version of that character you want to get two out there um i think aquaman is clearly the one that is the most out there but it's He's fun. It I'm, works. I'm not going to complain because it's a, it's a good difference. Mm. I don't think making – I don't think the version of Superman we've had, I'm all for different. Yeah. I, I don't think it's good. And, I, and I'm happy that it seems like they're moving away. I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is the scenes with Superman and The Flash. Not just earlier oh, in the movie yeah. but later in the movie. I think that it shows um, – it does show hope. I I think that it looks like it's going to be a little bit more fun. I also like the fact that this movie ends with a – as much as I don't think Jesse Eisenberg – like, and trust me, I, I like Jesse Eisenberg. I did not want Jesse. I was defending him going into Man of Steel. I was mm. like, I'm sure it's fine. And even when I watched the movie, I was like, it could have been worse. But the more I think about it, I just feel like he just doesn't fit the character. And I think uh, I'm excited for them to be apparently moving in a direction where it's instead of the Justice League fighting like these cosmic villains, like you're seeing now on the Marvel side of things, it mm. seems like instead it's going to be um, the Justice League fighting some kind of Legion of Doom, and that sounds like a lot more fun. And it, I would it will like end to see up. That. It will end up at Dark Seed, no doubt about it. But I think the um, the intervening. Oh, movies... they, it's not. It's not. No, come on. There they've, will be Dark no, Seed. They've 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 dropped it completely. They're not doing Dark Side. The dark Dark Seed, Dark Side. He'll be there eventually. He, he won't. I. This is. If you want to make another bet with me, you can. 
cost you a, a Blu-ray. <laughs> this will this will uh, take years to come to fruition because I'm not saying I'm the next you, film. They, they've completely scrapped I'm, any plans. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying the next film is going to be the one with Dark Side. I'm just saying that you know that, that it will eventually lead to it. Um, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, they're not doing Dark Side. Okay, well, I'm not betting with you because I lost the last one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I yeah I I think that Jesse I uh he he's got the potential that he could still mold that character. I don't think he went too far with the character as is that he couldn't move it I in the other direction. I liked it more in this clip than I did in Batman vs Superman. Yeah, I'll that, be and to be fair, that's I, to for, that's thirty seconds. He's got a lot very very little time <laughs> to do anything wrong. Uh, right, <laughs> but, but I I do think that you know one version of the character doesn't work. There's nothing to say that in the next few movies he couldn't slowly tone it down, change it to something a bit different. Um, he's definitely got the ability to do that, and with the right direction from people that I'm going to be naming shortly, I keep teasing this, but I will be naming them shortly, I, I think that he could do a very good job. And there's always the potential that they could just be like, I know that in this timeline they've already kind of killed off Luther Sr., because mm-hmm. I think that was mentioned in um, Batman v Superman, but I wouldn't be against the idea of them actually revealing that Lex Luthor Senior uh, wasn't dead, and that actually yeah, he was pulling that the strings. He was pulling the strings all along, something like that. I don't know. I I really don't know. But there's ways of of, of uh, putting these things right, and and that might be one of them. I really want to see Deathstroke now. <laughs> I am. Um, he he well, looks. That really you're good. you're definitely gonna see him. We're definitely gonna see him. <laughs> I, won't, I won't. I won't. I won't bet against that. Um. I I would like to see a Metallo. Um. I think you know they could. I, they need to flesh out the Justice League a bit more, but I think they need to spend some time actually doing individual movies. And now that they've got they they've shot their load. Now they've got their big team movie out, movie out of the way. Now they can look to establish a, a more fleshed out world with more heroes. Uh, make the Justice League into a clubhouse more than just a group of five people who go under a defunct title or a default title rather. Um, you know, like I said, I'd, I'd like to see Supergirl. I'd like to see some sort of Robin come to the fore or at least for them to tell us what happened to the previous one. I personally would love for them to acknowledge that the Joker that we currently have is a previous Robin and that the Joker, the actual Joker, is either dead or just disappeared. And you know, I, I prefer that too. Yeah, and um, I wouldn't be opposed if they just if what they end up doing because they could, they just put all of these movies that they're making in the past because they did that with Wonder Woman and it worked. Yeah, and they're I feel like that's what they're doing with Batman. I feel like Matt Reeves is not the current. It, I almost feel like Matt Reeves' Batman is going to have absolutely nothing to do with any of these other movies. It might not, uh, because the way, we've the already... way he talks about it doesn't seem like yeah. it's going to... Well, we, we already have that Joker and Harley Quinn movie that's going to be set in a different continuity. The beauty, and, and this is something that I'm just ripping off um, wholesale from Kevin Smith, but bear with me. Mm-hmm. The beauty of the DC Universe is that it's a multiverse, and that means that you've got endless possibilities of spinning off and changing things. Mm-hmm. I don't personally believe that Flashpoint is the way to do it, to, to do it. I would much rather that they just and 
there's so many things about this current DC universe incarnation that I like that I don't want to get rid of. I I want to keep Gal Gadot. I I want to keep. She's not going anywhere. No, no. Um, you know, I I would like, if at all possible, to keep Ben Affleck. Um, I I want to keep Henry Cavill. Frankly, I want to keep all five of of those uh, beautiful I motherfuckers think... that we saw in that movie. I think I think Henry Cavill sticks around. the The problem with Ben Affleck is it doesn't seem like Ben Affleck wants to play Batman anymore, and it doesn't mm. seem like Matt Reeves wants him to play Which Batman anymore. And Affleck, there's no Justice League two on the horizon. Affleck is a big fan so, of Batman. It's a real shame that he feels so bitten by it all. I don't blame him. I, no, I don't. Blame I, I think him. that I especially because of the way the the backlash that he got from when he got cast to like uh, the 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 movie's not doing well. I think he got burned after Batman versus Superman, and they you know they made all those memes of him looking off sad in the distance during the press junket. But yeah. it did seem like right after that he was like, I don't want to do the Batman movie. I mean, what I'm not, really, I don't want to do it. What really pisses me off about all of this is, is that I I think that yes, he got backlash when uh, people were told that he was going to be playing Batman. I was never one of those people. You can go back nope, and listen to the I, I thought it was great from yeah. the start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, and well, we pointed I also this thought out. Jesse Eisenberg was a good casting choice, too. And I, I, just, you're not alone. I feel like that was you're wrong. Not, you're not alone. And I still think he could be in time. Um, we, uh, you know, we talked about the fact that um, Ben Affleck would actually, uh, for us, be a good Batman. It's not the first time that someone has been um, cast as Batman or someone within the DC universe, and people have been in uproar. And then it's turned out actually they're pretty fucking good. Michael Keaton, for God's sake, was Mister Mom, uh, Mister Mom sure. before all of that, um, and he was a very good Batman for me. Um, Heath Ledger got a lot of pushback when he was announced as Joker, and a lot yes, of people now consider him to be the best Joker of all time. So yeah. I I don't think for a million years that. Um, the, the pushback on him being Batman uh, would have influenced him. I also think that he got a lot of love for his performance as Batman. It was one of the few positives to come out of that movie in general. Um, the critics certainly. I, liked I think him. his problem with it. I think he's seeing that. I think he's seeing the backlash from it, and I think he's seeing he's not the... liking the backlash. Yeah, and and the the memes and the gifs and all that stuff. And, that and, you the, and the feeling like. I, I feel like he's looking at what's happening with Suicide Squad and what happened with Batman versus Superman. And he's working on these movies, both of them, and he's up close to them. And I think he's feeling like the the vision of the director is not being respected in these yeah, movies. Because, again, yeah, I feel yeah. like it's the studio more than the directors. I don't blame mm. – I'm not sitting here blaming the directors. I'm not – I don't think Zack Snyder's vision for what this universe should be is good. But I'm not going to sit here and blame him because – until the end of Man of Steel, I was kind of on board with it. And then everything else after that seems like it's a mess. And it feels like, you know, again, and it's not it's not because it's DC, because I said the same thing about the Fantastic Four movie. and I've said the same thing about the X-Men movies. These studios keep getting hands on when when they don't movies like Logan, Logan was incredible because they backed off. Right. Like, I don't think Fox sat there and noted Mangold's script or like went around and hired somebody else to edit the movie at the last minute because they were afraid it wasn't going to be good. And that's what keeps happening with these movies. And I think, ba I think Batman, I think Ben Affleck sees that. And I feel like that's why he doesn't really feel like he wants to be involved in this anymore, because I mm -hmm. think he is a creative person. I feel like he sees that 
the the problems here, and I think he just kind of doesn't want to ha- deal with it anymore. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I I can't really blame him for that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would like to transition very quickly into this mm-hmm. master plan that I have, and I've forgotten, yes, I, I've forgotten a lot of the names for it. But um, you know, by by all means, um, jump in with some if if you feel that there are some that I'm missing. Um, first of all, I, this all stems from a conversation I had with Anthony Scats on Facebook, I think. And it was regarding, he was playing Injustice 2, and mm-hmm. he went absolutely mental over a trailer for The Atom. A hero that he'd never heard of, and had no idea who he was or anything like that. But mm-hmm. he watched the gameplay demo on, um, on on YouTube, and he was just blown away with the uh, the costume and the way they present him and all that kind of stuff. And it got me thinking about who could you bring in to uh, advise the the future of the DC universe? Because, you know, you look at Marvel, and I know it doesn't do us any good to say, oh, well, you know, Marvel have got this and this and, and blah, blah, blah. But I think that you can certainly learn lessons from the way they've set their studio up in certain areas. So if you look at the fact that Marvel have... A guy in, um, and I'm going to get the name wrong because there's two of them, and I can never remember which is which. I'm going to say Kevin Feige. Kevin uh, Feige. Feige, yes. Um, mm-hmm. He's like the head honcho of Marvel Studios. Everything yeah. goes through him, and he loves his Marvel comic books. He knows Marvel, right? And so, he has, I think, he has a vision. And at the same time, yeah, you know, he he said this recently as advice. He was like, when you're trying to start a universe. Don't build the universe first. Just make a movie, then build the universe. And exactly, if you look at yeah. the Marvel movies, that's what happened. It all went from on, man. They, they, it's, it's like, oh, we're going to have some slight references that maybe we're going bigger. Oh, here's like Captain America's shield and Iron Man 2 and, and all this stuff like that. But they never really connected until you get to Avengers when they finally connect everything. Yeah. And then I feel like after that, they started planning because they knew where, what they wanted to do. Mm. And I think he just has a vision of what that, you know – each of these stories is is a story amongst other stories, and the, I, I think yeah, the, the you know the the upset that's the big benefit that comes. From that. The the upsetting thing is that if you look at the way that DC used to approach their movies, there was a Batman movie. I think it might have been Batman, Batman Returns, or Batman and Robin. Forever, Batman and Robin. Uh, Batman and Robin's the one that's considered really bad. They make. Well, uh, despite the the fact that the, that movie was bad, if it was this one that I'm thinking of, they make an offhand reference to that guy in Metropolis, and that was all they, they oh, did. Oh yeah, that was literally I think that... all they did. Um, that that's they used to do things like that so well because they they never in a million years thought, yeah, we'll get to it. They just acknowledged the fact that yes, this is you know this is Batman, and yes, he lives in the same world where there is a Superman and a Wonder Woman. And maybe we'll mention the odd thing here or there. Um, but to get back to my, to my first thing that I was going to say, Kevin Feige mm-hmm. is, is like the, the head honcho. Everything goes through him. He has the best interests of Marvel at heart, and he understands Marvel. For me, there's a man, and there's going to be people screaming at me now over their, um, their earphones uh, because I'm missing someone uh, that they consider even, even more influential. But for me, Jeff Johns gets mm-hmm. DC and he's already been brought into the fold to an extent but if I'm in charge of like you know Warner Brothers as a whole I go to Jeff Johns and I say I want you to set out a plan 
for the DC universe. And I'm giving you full creative control. Obviously, you have to go through us for budgets and all that kind of stuff. But I want you to set a plan in motion. And we're going to give you a team of writers and creatives that are going to come up with ideas. And you can cherry pick what you like and what you don't like. And the first name on my list is the current writer of Batman, Tom King. Um, I read the... um, I've been reading... Uh, his run on Batman for a while and his first issue was just straight up badass fucking Batman like you wouldn't believe um, He it was basically the, 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 the idea was there's a jumbo jet that is crash landing it's going to crash into Gotham City and Batman essentially just jumps out of the, the Batwing lands on top of the jumbo jet and with a bunch of drones and things like that, manages to kind of steady the jumbo jet and he's going to crash land it. But he knows that if he crash lands it, he's probably not going to survive it. And in his head, he's thinking about his life and his parents that he lost. And he's saying, this would be a good way to die. And that just kind of summed up Batman so well for me. Like the the writing was superb. Mm -hmm. If you can find it, definitely check it out. It was like, it sounds good. The first issue, I think it, the collection was called I Am Gotham. Um, and uh, it's so fucking good. He gets Batman like no one else. I would definitely get Tom King involved. Um, someone that I think gives you fantastic oversight of the entire DC universe and someone that's already built a DC universe is Greg Balanti. And I know there's a bit of controversy at the moment because of other people involved in the Balantiverse having been kicked off of their jobs because of um, things that they've done wrong. Um, I'm not going to name names, but the current controversies in Hollywood, it has something to do with that. Um, mm. But as far as I'm, I've am i heard and I'm aware, Greg Balanti is not involved in any of that. He's a good dude. He gets DC. He understands, along with his writers, because he can bring all of those in if he wants. I would be perfectly happy with that. He understands how to build a universe and to drop hints and... Uh, without committing to anything just point out that there is a larger world out there um he's you know he he started off with the green arrow and now we've got flash supergirl uh the atom we've got fucking time travel they did uh, an an episode of uh, legends of tomorrow where you were introduced to the um, that fucking cowboy dude with the rotting face that they tried making a movie out of um like he has brought so many weird and wonderful heroes to the fore um, and I think he'd be a perfect fit just to um, consult as far as just building a world and what do we drop into this and and what would make sense in that way and I definitely think you need to get someone on board that can not only design suits and, and things like that that are um accurate to how people want them in the comic books but also you need people that are able to design things with an eye to developing them and 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 you know giving them a new life and and making them set them apart from what we've already seen and if you've played the um the two uh injustice games uh from neverrealm then you know that they are all about that so i would get them in as consultants on uh the the just general look of of the the films have them consult on new outfits and and technology and all that kind of stuff you know and then just fill it out with writers 
from from the the comic books and people that get it and know it and live it and love it and fucking sit them down and make them do a test if you have to mm-hmm. on on DC but you want people that know it and don't just think to themselves oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had Batman kill someone yeah you know let let's build a fucking universe that's based on something because mm-hmm. what Marvel do really well is that they take pre-existing storylines in the comics they adapt them so that they can work in a, a cinematic environment and then they go balls to the wall with it but they do yeah. it with an integrity to the character. They let themselves have some wiggle room for mm. whatever story they're going to tell. Like you, when you hear, "Oh, they're doing Age of Ultron," "Oh, they're doing um, an Iron Man 3, they they were doing a couple of storylines that I was inspired by, but it's not the same, and it's it's a different take on that storyline, and you know, it, it's not like you're just going to go in and watch them adapt this comic book. They're just taking the idea that they're inspired by this story and they're going to use elements of it and figure out a way to make it work. Whereas mm. I feel like in DC, they do things like, you know, Batman versus Superman and death of Superman. And they just kind of like put them all into one movie and it's too quick and it's stuff that you want to build to. And they just kind of try to get it out of the way. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't want to, like keep saying like you know i i think I, I i don't think the way marvel does it is the only way to do it and i'm and i'm hoping i feel like they that that the problem is dc uh acts like they're trying to do something different than what marvel's doing but at the end of the day they're just trying to do the same thing in half the time and i think that's their biggest problem is they're not they're they're too um they're they're too willing to just push push on and and move forward and they do need that unifying vision and hopefully both i think of the people that you just mentioned i think would be great uh people to have that unifying vision um i i think if we see that going forward i think it makes a difference and i think that hopefully uh there, there is a shakeup happening right now. Uh, it was it seems reported. Way, yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was just reported that they were like the, the the people in charge of these movies are being changed. They might be pushing away from this being a separate part of Warner Brothers to just being a normal part of Warner Brothers. Um, so instead of it being like the way Marvel Studios is a part of Disney, but it's its own thing, it might just be like Warner Brothers. The studio is or, or is responsible for putting up the movies. I don't know what's happening there, but it seemed to me like there. It's not like this movie was devoid of things that I enjoyed. I thought it was some of it was fun. I liked. I, I think Ezra Miller is fantastic as the Flash. I liked yeah. everything about what he did. I liked everything about Batman and Batman versus Superman, except that he used the guns. I didn't love that. And mostly the thing about the guns in Batman versus Superman that drove me crazy was it wasn't so much that he was using them, that it was stuff like he put a tracking device on this truck and then shot the shit out of the truck to the point where you could visibly see that the, the thing that he put on it to track it was almost shot completely off. And that was all him. <laughs> like he was like, you did that. Yeah. You were the one who engaged this truck in a firefight after you wanted to track it. Like, why would you? do that just track it and see where it goes like a smart person would do instead of 
randomly firing at it. I don't understand why he did that, but I thought Ben Affleck was good. I thought Alfred was good in it. I, I enjoyed elements of it. It's not like these movies are completely devoid of things that I enjoy. Hmm. Uh, it just seems like it's 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 just broken from a yeah. like it's broken from this like place that it, it's so fundamentally broken that. I don't know where you begin to fix it. I think putting the right people in charge. I almost think just don't do any new movies from after Justice League. Just like let's just see. Let's see Aquaman's story. Let's see Wonder Woman two. Let's see the Green Lanterns Corps. Let's figure out what that why why wasn't they around Justice League? Yeah, Maybe there's something going on there. Well, that that was like, something that I wanted to mention briefly was, yeah. and and this is kind of like. What what I, th- I think what I really like about this movie is the fact that it has parts in it that are fantastic. There are moments that I really enjoy, and they all strung together well enough that I was always having fun with it. One of those moments was the flashback to the uh, the original battle on Earth with the Green Lantern being struck down, and then the ring just kind of floating off and zipping past. And mm-hmm. you know that was just for, you know. For someone that's been waiting so long for the Green uh, Lantern movie to be done properly, that was a but wonderful that, moment. But but that's that's something I can't say that I thought was I, I enjoyed that moment. Mm. Except that to me, if I was making a Justice League movie, I would have put a Green Lantern in this movie. There's rumors that they had that as a thing, but then again, they cut back this plan from like like Justice League Two is not happening now. That was when you were going to get Dark Seed. So that's not, they're not making that movie anymore. They was going to be a, this was going to be part one. Then they were going to do another one. That's just not the case anymore. And maybe they were going to add just him. And it, it seems like there's so many, honestly, like competing rumors about what happened with it. But to me, like, I feel like I wanted a Justice League or I wanted a, a Green Lantern in the Justice League. And on top of that, uh, I will say this. I don't know how you felt about him. I didn't like Cyborg in this movie at all. And um, I kind of wish that they would have had him like, I don't, I'm not saying replace him with somebody else, but I just think that he completely did not fit in the Like I didn't like him as a character. I, I wouldn't even say he didn't fit. I, I just d- didn't I like him. I, I think um, he looks more like Cyborg at the end of the movie than he did throughout it. Yeah. Um, and that's true. You know, I, 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 it's a tricky one because I, I feel like he's not the finished article until the very end. Uh, but he was important to the plot because obviously with mother boxes and the fact that it was a mother box, it was responsible right. for him becoming a, uh, but, uh, but I, here's the thing. Like you use the, I've heard this argument before. I, you said it before you said it with man of steel and it, it, it keeps coming back to like, well, this person <laughs> just isn't the hero they're supposed to be yet. But mm. we got that with the flash in this movie. And I thought that was good. But I don't feel like we we when like when he says booyah at the end of the movie, I literally thought to myself, you didn't earn that booyah. He didn't. There was nothing about him that would say booyah. This whole movie, he's been so dour and like he almost he played to me like a villain. He seemed like another bad guy in the movie the whole time, despite that he was working together. His whole demeanor and attitude was that of a villain. And. He seemed I didn't like a surly fight. teenager. I, I would me. rather see him as somebody who, which, you know, through the Teen Titans TV show, hmm. I feel like that's where I know Cyborg. If you're going to put Cyborg in the movie, that's what everybody knows Cyborg from. To me, 
I like the idea of Cyborg's thing is something terrible happened to him, but he doesn't let it consume him. Whereas in this movie, he lets it consume him. He's just dark and dour. But at the end of the movie, I don't see that. Like, yeah, but I think I he owns it at the, at the end, I, th- I think, is his turnaround. With his new but look why, and everything. But why, you know. but why, there's no, why do that? Why not just have him be somebody who, from the beginning, maybe he's a little depressed, but he maybe, see, he maybe cracks jokes or he sees, like, he makes light. He never has any light to him whatsoever. He is a dark person until the very end of the movie when he just isn't anymore. Whereas mm. The Flash, you see that moment of like, he's trying to do good, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. He says he just runs around and pushes people. But being forced into this team and into this role of rescuing people, he figures out what his mo- what his thing is. He He's still funny the whole time. It's not yeah. like that ends. I mean, but I, he, actually, he actually has growth. He has character development in this movie. Cyborg does not. I, he doesn't I, have that. I think that the difference between Cyborg and the rest of the heroes in, in this film is is that um, whereas uh, you know Batman is a rich dude who dresses a bat, um, Wonder Woman is somebody that works in a museum by day and then just stops people from blowing shit up whenever she feels like it. You, you know, that's you, also you... that's also contradictory though to the rest of the movie. No, I know, that, I know. That, that, yeah, that, no, I've ignored that, that one. That has nothing to do with anything. And it's a plot hole in the actual movie because they say, "Oh, you haven't done anything," and it's like, "Well, she did something earlier in the movie." But she but, she sneaks out again before she doesn't take credit for it. She doesn't make herself into a uh, a role model in the same way that Superman did. Which is another reason why I think that that thing at the very beginning of the movie is so important because it's him, you know, cuffing criminals and then giving an interview to the TV and and then uh, talking to the kids and like you know telling them you know stay in school and brush your teeth and blah blah blah. Um, but you know what I was going to say uh, regarding cycle uh, Cyclops, good lord, um, Cyborg, is that. Unlike all of the other uh, members of the Justice League, he is a person that is fundamentally changed by what's happened to him at a, a later age. Like Most of the rest of them are either born with powers or they're imbued with powers that don't affect how people actually treat them. He, but on the other hand... Well, hang on, oh, oh, hang, on, hang on, hang on. Um, he, on the other hand, is uh, he's, a, he's a college athlete who's involved in an accident, which he blames himself for, for killing his mother. He gets given a second chance, but, becomes, get that. but becomes more machine than man. And he's constantly changing. Like There's that moment where he points out to his dad that he can now hover because he couldn't do that yesterday. He doesn't know who he is anymore. Basically, he's a walking analogy for, pu- uh, for puberty. Um, no, and I don't I don't buy that. And I also feel like if to me doing I don't like saying, well, he's more machine than human anymore. I want to see well, that's how he hum- feels. He's a cyborg. He is not a robot. Hmm. I want to see the humanity in him that to me, if I at least see that at some point in the movie, then at the end, when he becomes more of the cyborg that we know and love, hmm. I buy it. But I never. But there's you do no get, humanity. But you the do. But you he's do, always. You do get that though, because he, he starts very surly, feeling that he's more machine than man, and, and all that kind of stuff. As I've said, by separating those uh, mother boxes and taking control of his powers, he's empowered to the point that he finally understands that even though part of his body is gone, most of his body is gone and become machine. 
he is still a man and he is in control. He's in control of his destiny. And going back to that puberty analogy, you come out the other side of puberty as a man or a woman. Um, and, you know, you realize that looking back on all of the changes that you've gone through and all of the stuff that you thought was terrible, you know, like, oh my God, I've got a spot. You but, realize but, like, that actually I feel it didn't like the, maybe, maybe it's him as an actor. I don't know. I But to me, sure, you could, you could say that that story is there. You can say that, to me, he is, he's supposed to be this young, this young person. Uh, first of all, he's too old for it to be a puberty metaphor, but he's, but he, but he does have that situation where he has the, his, his arm tries to shoot Superman. He has uh, several times where he, he has this self-defense mode that he can't control. And to me, I like the idea of this, of this, there, there's this person in him who's trying to control his body and he can't mm. but to me he plays it like i can't control it and it's so <laughs> dark and so dour and it's like he doesn't really seem like he's trying he, he doesn't does really seem like up. he cares he does like he just up seems he like he just through. is doing something you know he's he's a surly dude but he he, he does lighten up and become more of a, a team player as, as things go and i want to i want to see that i, I want to see him, that from the beginning not that yeah. he has to start there but i want to see that inkling of it and let it grow just like i see that Barry Allen in this movie. And I think that they did a great job of this. Barry Allen is a character who was fundamentally changed, not by his power, but by the situation he ended up in Mm. the situation where his father is accused of killing his mother, which he didn't do. And he's trying everything in his power to save his father from prison. That is fundamentally a change in who he was, who he is and who he was before that incident. It's the same thing as cyborg, except cyborg doesn't seem to have any, he just doesn't have anything. He's emotionalist. Well, and the whole time. and you're you're forgetting that Barry Allen is the comic relief, so he can't be dour about it. Um, but Aquaman's <laughs> fun too. Why can't Cyborg be? Why does Cyborg have to be because, miserable? Why be, does he have to be sad? Because why can does you he imagine? Have, it's it, not even sad or miserable. It's emotionless. But he doesn't you, have any emotions. Can you imagine a, a a team full of people that were all cracking jokes? You need a straight man. And th- that's what I feel. He he plays more of a straight man. The straight man, role. man doesn't have to be miserable. I did not like watching Cyborg in this movie. Every scene that he was in, I hated. I mean, I he didn't. Was, he was like completely. I did not connect with him in any way. I didn't find him interesting. He doesn't have to be cracking jokes. No, not everybody mm. in this movie has to be cracking jokes. I'm not saying he has to be making jokes, but I'm saying I want to see his humanity. I didn't yeah. see any humanity in him. He I seemed mean, completely I, devoid I of humanity. I feel like I saw some more humanity in him than you did, but also I would say that I didn't feel like I spent much time watching him on the screen most of the but time even he that was... scene when you said that he he's like tells us that like oh i can hover now he says it so completely uninterested in anything he's just, oh yeah I well, he's pissed now. off with his and dad at the just... time because his dad did it to him i i feel like even like just it's a surly teenager if, having to go at his dad there's a duality of it where it's like he he hates it and he's mad but still, it's a little cool. Just anything to show that he has any kind of emotion or caring. He just doesn't seem to care at all. And mm. I, I, every scene he was in when he shows up and he, he in that scene with Wonder Woman, just every scene, I just could not care less about his character. Yeah. He just added nothing to anything to me. Like I, I was bored by him. And yeah, plot wise, he had something to do with the overall plot. So mm. more than anybody else, he did have to be there. I mean, but you know, it's, I liked it's, Barry that's Allen. I liked yeah. his character. I thought Aquaman was interesting. I liked mm. his character. Yeah. And I liked what they said. 
I didn't care. None of the stuff. I don't. Maybe it's the actor. Maybe it's just his performance. Maybe I mean, it's fair I enough. If I you didn't, didn't get if you didn't anything connect to the, the character. Him. If you didn't connect to the character, you know, I I can't tell you different. Uh, you know, that's your reaction to it. I can't tell you you're right or wrong. That's just how it is. Um, but uh, I I think that the reason he's in this movie is because DC has decided that Cyborg is going to be going forward one of their big characters again. Or, well, not even again. He's going to be one of their big characters. He's made the graduation from Teen Titans to full-on Justice League. At this point, I believe he's more the guy that runs Justice League Central than Man- the Martian Manhunter is, which is a bit of an annoyance. And, 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 I like and maybe Jones. that's what they're, maybe they're trying to make him like, I don't know enough about Martian Manhunter, to they're be just honest. To, to know that. But I do know, to me, if I think of the Justice League, I think of, I think it's, it's, it's this is who I would say the Justice League the is. the trilogy. Bat Batman, yeah, trilogy. Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Flash, Rebel. Martian Manhunter, mm. Green Lantern. Those those are the ones that stand out to me as being the characters I think of when I think of the Justice League. Not Cyborg, obviously. I think of him as Teen Titans. Not that I don't think he can be a part of the Justice League, mm. but I don't get. I did not like his character in this movie. I didn't think he added anything to the film. I, I well, not that he not again. Not that he didn't add anything to the film. I think he just. I, I when when Aquaman was doing his spiel on the lasso of truth, I I understood where he was coming from. Where Barry Allen, the scene with him and his dad, I thought was really good. And I think a lot of that comes from it's not just that Ezra Miller is the comedic relief. I think Ezra Miller is a fantastic actor, and mm. he brings like a lot of humanity to that character, who is not just funny, but even the way that when he's talking to his dad in the prison, I thought was fantastic. I thought that scene was great, and. I bought the relationship and I understood where he, where he want, he came from. Cyborg could have not even been related to his dad. That's how much connection they had. I, they literally had no chemistry together. I didn't buy anything that he said or did at any point in the movie. Maybe it's the performance, not the movie itself. Maybe it's just, I didn't like the character and his choices, like, Mm. or the actor and his choices. I mean, maybe, maybe, and, and you'll, you'll say definitely, but maybe I'm, I'm just drawing conclusions because it's what I want to see, but you know, bearing in mind that the relationship between those characters is one of uh, a son that blames himself for the accident that he was in and a father that he blames for bringing him back. He didn't want to come back. But so then, but then bring me, give me anger. Maybe that's it. Maybe. So there's a distance. I, well, see I, I felt I, there was anger. He's not funny or lighthearted, but I see the humanity because I see his anger. I felt I there was be anger okay with that between too, him and his father. I didn't get anger. I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. Every scene he was in, it was, it was, it was monotone. It was like this. <laughs> Everything. He was no emotion. He just said it, whatever the line was, and and he's like, oh, "I'm hovering now." Oh, look at this thing. He's talking like I. Nothing he ever did, and mm. even then, near the end of the movie. It got a little bit better. Do you know what? Like, Maybe I've just been watching too much Arrow. I'm just used to people brooding all the time. I don't That's know. I just didn't it. think that the brooding, the broodingness of it, it was just like, and maybe again, it was a choice. Because I also feel like the same thing happened with Man of Steel. I think at some point he's told, because I don't know if it's so much Henry Cavill or if it's Zack Snyder, but at some point he's told, really embrace that alien because you're an alien. And it's mm. like, no, I like Superman because he's human. He's not alien. And the rest of the movie, he's human. Yeah. And so I like him. And then when he when he starts fighting Zod and everything, I feel like I lose that. And and it, there's mm. something, even the way that when when he's in the courthouse in Batman versus Superman and it blows up and he just, his face is just like, he just stares off in the distance. He doesn't, re, he doesn't react 
in horror to the explosion. It's just this moment of like, well, I guess this happened. And in like a single tear, like it's not, I wanted, I want to see him be completely devastated by what just happened because he cares, but I don't get that because they, I don't know if it's the director or the actor or somebody's making the choice. I don't know. I feel like I'm going around in circles. I really did not Um, like the cyborg character in the movie. I didn't think he added not that again, I got to stop saying that. It's not that he didn't add anything to the movie. It's just that his performance in the movie, I did not walk away intrigued by him. I didn't want to see more from him. I don't care if he shows up in another movie because I, I had no connection to him. A part of it's the look that again, it got a little bit better at the end, but I am somebody who likes cyborg. I like the Teen Titans. I like that character. Mm. I've enjoyed him in other things. It's not like I don't care about that character. But in this movie, just from this movie, I have no connection to that cyborg character. I don't buy any of the things that you're telling me is in his storyline. I don't buy it. I don't see it. It seemed like he was – it was devoid of humanity. It wasn't – even if it was all anger or okay. no, that's cool. even that's just cool. oblivious, no, I get your message. Like completely detached from it. Yeah. But it, it seemed like he just didn't care. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, we are going around in circles with this one. Um, well, something you said about Superman, which I, I find quite interesting. Um, the, the idea of, you know, act like an alien. Um, the, the annoying thing about that really is that the, the whole idea and concept of Superman is that even though he is an alien from a distant world, he is meant to be the best of the best of us, you know. Right. He, he's meant to be more human than human, and that's what makes him such a compelling character. And a lot of people will say he's not a compelling character because he's a boy scout. But no, the, I think the he idea is, a is that he's a, he's a boy he, he's an immigrant. You know, he's, he's the immigrant story. Um, he, he's a compelling character because he does things that he doesn't have to because he wants to. Um, mm-hmm. And you know that. That, that's that's what's always been appealing about Superman to me. That and the fact that he just can't be hurt. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I I think we've been going um on long enough about this film. Um, I, I mean, my position of it is no surprise to anyone. I had fun with it. It's not a perfect movie by any stretch, but I thought it was a, a fun film and uh, it did a lot of things that I enjoyed. There was a lot of little cameos and Easter eggs that I very much enjoyed, such as the uh, the Green Lantern ring zipping off to find a new owner. Um, I can understand why they didn't end up putting a Green Lantern in this movie because there's a lot to unpack already uh, and maybe they're just saving it for a future date when they can get all their ducks in a row. I would very much like a John Stewart Green Lantern next up, please. Thank you very much. Um, I yeah, I, I I my problem with this movie, I don't need I I at this point I don't need a DC movie to be great. I I I would be over the moon happy with a with a just a decent movie. Hmm. But I think the problem and and I was I thought Wonder Woman was really good, and I enjoyed Wonder Woman, and so to me. I know that they, they, they put out a good DC movie this year. I saw it. I enjoyed Wonder Woman a lot. Um, and I don't think Wonder Woman – I think you could compare it a little bit to the first Avenger, but it doesn't really feel like a Marvel movie. So it's not like I'm saying it needs to be like Marvel. Mm. It just needs to be a well-paced, formatted movie correctly, like the way a movie is supposed to be made. And I feel like these movies – Again, I keep bringing up this thing, but I, they have this weird need to just put stuff out of order just to almost like – because they're afraid that if you don't see 
Superman in the first three seconds of this movie are going to yeah. leave. Which is, is ridiculous they show you that because scene of Superman's everybody being upset. None of which the again, list- the Wonder Woman scene does ju- whatever if you want to say, oh, it's because she didn't stick around, but she saved the day. The juxtaposition of that scene with the uh, with the beginning credits, which is what happens immediately after it, the opening credits of the movie is the world is miserable because Batman's dead. And that scene doesn't lead into that. That that, that scene doesn't mesh with that. None, not any three of those scenes mesh with that. The first thing you're supposed to be seeing is the world's miserable, Superman's dead. Instead, the first thing you see is here's this scene, here's this scene, here's this scene. Superman being optimistic. Batman doing some cool detective work. Here's Wonder Woman saving the day, which, by the way, she does the same thing that the Flash does later. She, like, zips around at light speed in that scene to rescue these people almost as if she's the flash, which made me go, well, what do we need the flash for? If wonder woman is that fast because the timer set for like 15 seconds or something, she like runs around. She like moves the bullet with her fingers, which is something you would see him do regardless. I just want to see a movie that's structured correctly and presented the way a movie is supposed to be presented. I hope somebody at DC, I don't know if it's, Again, if they just keep back off, if they're too afraid with these big movies that they're not going to work, if nobody sees – like I don't know what their problem is. But these movies are poorly made, and I don't blame the directors at this point. I blame the studio, just like I blame the studio for Fantastic Four. I don't blame Josh Trank as much as I blame the people who tried to rescue the movie from Josh Trank and I think end up digging a bigger hole than if they would have just let a mediocre Fantastic Four movie come out. Maybe, you know, Rotten Tomato score comes out. It's like a 50%. Nobody really cares about it. Nobody really wants a sequel. But instead, you ended up with a movie so bad that you that Josh Trank gets blackballed from making movies. Like, just let it happen. Just don't worry about it. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like I want to see them. I want to see more f- movies like Wonder Woman. I want to see complete movies and not a mess like this is a mess of a movie Hmm. it's not like it's it doesn't have good moments it's not like it doesn't have good characters or performances like i said i think everything with ezra miller is fantastic i think he's really good i thought that batman speech is good the one that he gives to the flash is good i think aquaman is fun i really enjoy him and the the lasso scene i also like the green thing the green lantern ring zipping off i liked uh a lot of stuff in this movie but at the end of the day the movie is so fundamentally broken to me that it's hard for me to get into it when I just like, I, all I can think is like, why is, why the, I'm just confused. I walk away more confused than I am understanding. Whereas again, comparing it to the movie that we started off this reviewing Thor Ragnarok, I thought was a lot of fun and it makes sense. I understand the themes and I get where it places in a larger picture. Mm. This movie, I didn't even get the, the feeling of gravitas from seeing a justice league movie. Like this is a movie where we're seeing all of these characters come together for the first time. And I, it didn't seem like it mattered to me. Like I just didn't feel invested in it because there's just something wrong with these D with these DC or WB movies. I don't want to blame DC because I think DC is not the problem. I don't think it's the characters that are the problem. I think it's the people who are like involved in making the movie. Mm. Hopefully they change. Hopefully things change. I want to see better movies. That's all I want. Yeah. I'm not sitting here. Like, I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to sit here and be like, well, it was fun. I So I enjoyed it. I give it a, a thumbs up because I didn't hate it. Like, no, that's I want to see a good movie. I want to see that. I know that they can do it. I saw Wonder Woman. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. 
Uh, I want to say I, I don't even need to be blown away like I was blown away with Logan this year. I thought that movie was absolutely incredible. Hmm. And all I want from DC is a fun comic book movie that is structurally sound. Like that's that's really at the end of the day, that's all I'm asking for is them to just make a decent movie. I just don't think this is a decent movie. Hmm. I It's not like it has bad things. Like, again, yeah. there's good stuff in it. I'm not saying there's not good stuff in it. But it's like if you make a if you make a really good tasting cake, but the second you put your fork in it, the entire thing falls apart because you you baked it wrong. It's not a good cake. Like yeah, it tastes okay, uh, but this isn't. I'm not gonna say oh that was a great cake because it fell apart. Like if this was the Great British Bake Off, you know, they would be like, well this is this is structurally unsound we we don't talk about that that program anymore over here thank you very much okay no i don't i don't know anything about it's, it i it's just on, know that they, they it's a it's a bakery show the, that i was talking about cakes. yeah the producers are on my shit list they um they decided that they wanted double the money for every episode they made and the bbc couldn't afford it so they moved to channel four greedy fuckers wow well there you go uh, so yeah, I just want, I, all I want is just to, to, them to make a decent movie and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get, compl- I don't want to be complacent with it because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say this is fine Yeah. because it's, it's not, I want better movies. And I think that these characters, we, we, you and me can sit here and talk about Batman and Superman just completely non-structured. And we could probably have a, a more emotional conversation and that's more interesting than these movies because there is a lot there that there's new comics that you talked about the Batman comics, the other one where it's like Batman, Batman and Superman are both talking about each other and you see that they both get where the other person's coming from, but they can't even be in that mindset. Superman's like, I don't even know what I would like. I had my parents the whole time. And so I I always had a place to look to when I was in trouble. He never had that. And yet he still decided to do this. He doesn't have superpowers. He decided to do this. And Batman's like, I, I don't understand. Superman could kill all of us if he wanted to. It's not his planet. Why does he care? Right? Like, but I never had my parents to look to. And I always wanted to be their legacy. So that's why I do it. They they don't they understand themselves they don't understand each other but they appreciate each other and they do understand each other in this weird way i love that that those panels i think that's fantastic i want to see that in a movie and i know that they did they did the same thing with a lesser material at marvel so i know that the dc should be able to do this so i don't know mm. off my soapbox <laughs> done I, think I just the, want um, these to be better. I want these to be better. That's I, all yeah. I'm saying. I, th- there is proof out there that DC can do better. Um, their animated movies have far and away exceeded uh, what Marvel have put out uh, animation-wise. I, I, I agree. I feel like those those animated movies make up a basis of what I know about these characters. And I feel like they're they're really great characters. I love the concept of Superman. I love the concept of Batman. I think these characters are great Mm. and I think that they deserve better movies. And, uh, you know, it's, it's again, I don't hate DC. I'm not a DC hater because these, I think these movies are bad. I want them. I want them to be better. That's, that's ultimately where I stand. I just think that they can do better and I want to see better. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. You don't want to be complacent. That's my job. Uh, <laughs> so there we go. I think that's going to do us for another week. So um, until probably six months from now, when I decide to do another one of these.
<laughs> or they release another superhero movie, whichever comes well, first. We don't, we, well, we don't have another DC movie until a year from now. We'll find Aquaman something. doesn't come out until like December. We'll find something. So, to talk about. but but there's there's three Marvel movies coming out before then. We got Black Panther. We got Infinity Wars. We could talk about those for there sure. You go. There you but go. Uh, there'll always be something to talk about. Yep. Okay. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to me ramble. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye everyone. <laughs>